All right, welcome back to another episode of A Pinball Podcast. And today we have a special guest named Bob Caldwell. Now, Bob is out of St. Louis, and I've met him a long time ago at a few pinball tournaments. And ever since then, he's one of my favorite people to run into at a tournament because he always has hilarious stories. We uh, always go get a bite to eat. We run into these crazy restaurants and everything. I think we even talk about that a little bit on this podcast today. But other than that, though, guys, I feel like you'll enjoy it. Without further ado, let's go. You know, the main thing I want to talk about with you right now, Bob, is all the books behind you. That's what I want to talk about. All the books? Um, <laughs> yes, there's many uh, very scholarly books back here. Um, right there is uh, whatever box Nintendo stuff I have. Um, PlayStation 4. Um, what is all this? Like LE stuff that I probably should quit buying. <laughs> um some Saturn light gun stuff, uh, Neo Geo MVS carts, carts, which seem to be all the rage amongst uh, some pinball podcasters nowadays. Um, <laughs> for th for those box. that don't know what's happening right now, if you're not watching this on YouTube, behind Bob right now is it's literally just a bunch of video games behind him. And I mistakenly thought it was books. When Which I first got on, yeah, I was just like, wow, Bob, you have a lot of books behind you. And he just <laughs> lost. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, right here is like uh, PlayStation 1, uh, big box light gun games, Sega Master System for all the kids whose parents hated them and didn't buy them a Nintendo in the <laughs> 80s. And then there's a bunch of other crap that you can't see. Gosh. Okay. So do you have any pinball machines at least? Yeah, um, they're all buried under arcade boards and have various issues. But uh, yeah, I've got a getaway, which uh, has never actually been in my physical possession because it's in my friend's parents' basement and went through uh, a window into their basement. So <laughs> it went it's through never a exactly window? been a pri priority to get it back out of the window. And then uh, here I have a uh, roller games, an Earthshaker, a uh, diner, and a Whirlwind. And the Whirlwind, um, actually, I bought off eBay, right? So uh, this, this is college, like 2001. I was making like $7 an hour, right? And I, I saved up all this money because all I used to do is like I'd lift weights and play soccer and be like a cheapskate and basically like use the uh, campus meal plan. Even though I went to college here in St. Louis and uh, my parents live here, obviously. But um, I see like eBay whirlwind and it's St. Louis. And uh, I've been saving up money because I, I had this idea. I was like, well, like, why can't I own a pinball machine, you know? And uh, that was one I, I played a lot back in the day. And uh, so it's, it's like 1200 bucks, which back at that time was like, oh, like you, you probably overpaid, right? And so I win it because I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I, I, I don't have to uh, I don't have to ship it. Right. Right. So uh, I'm the only person who bids on it. I win it. And the guy's like I like I email the dude and he's like, uh, where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live in South County. And he's like, oh, I do, too. It turns out we live like basically like a mile and a half away. <laughs> and uh, at the time, the guy was doing container reimports and he had like a, he had this pretty big house, but with like a a like probably like a four or five car like detached garage and he just had like a bunch of machines in there that he'd restore and uh that that's how i got my first m machine gosh and so, so uh, you seem to really like system 11s then yeah that that's mainly like uh you know i'm about to be 40 here in february so like when i'm like you know 
growing up. Like that's just predominantly what there was. And right. I mean, like I've come around on Gottlieb now, but at the time in like Data East, but well, maybe not so much Data East, but at the time, <laughs> uh, like. I mean, I just thought like Williams pretty much blew everybody out, and like that—that's all you saw on location. So like the right. the first three that I really, really, really learned on were uh, Police Force, Taxi, and Black Knight 2000. Nice. So Police Force, I'm assuming you just went ramp all day, right? Pretty much. So uh, I I didn't actually like the game, but it has that like award on the back where you could win like five free credits. So being like a little knucklehead, <laughs> I would play that just in the hope that I could get five free games. Hey, that's the way to do it. And, and that that kind of segues into how I got into pinball. So uh, my mom bowled at uh, the bowling alley down the street here. Uh, show me lanes for any St. Louis people who probably aren't watching. But um, <laughs> they had a gauntlet in there, Gauntlet by Atari, which is funny being an adult and looking up about like gauntlet basically there's no end is basically like you might as well like light money on fire <laughs> so uh, I, I would like my mom would give me like five bucks which is you know back in the day I, i'm trying to think like it might have just switched to like 50 cents for pinball but you know like uh, video games were like a quarter so i'd go play like the hell out of gauntlet and then go bug her for more money and she'd be like no, no that's all that's all i got you got to sit here and watch me play or watch me bowl which i didn't want to do you didn't so want to watch play. mama bowl what you didn't want to watch mama bowl no i, I didn't want to watch her bowl so uh, <laughs> i used to get lectured that i needed to play pinball because i could match or win a free game and i remember like i guess i was about i don't know like seven or eight and i won my first free game on taxi and i was like oh like okay and then like that that's what started it all and so that really just like clued you in like this is this is what I need to play in the future. So instead of going bowling, because it's it's funny you mentioned bowling, because I've noticed there's a lot of people there in pinball that for whatever reason are into bowling too. Well, well, there's another component to it. It was either like you come bowling with me, you get five bucks, and we'll go out to like McDonald's afterwards, or it was I get a babysitter and you have to stay at home. <laughs> so basically, it was like uh, the the fight or flight of like. Well, I don't want to watch bowling in the arcade's cool, so I have to get good at pinball because then I can stay in the arcade. <laughs> See, that's the way to do it. That's a good reason right there. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, does that So, how long ago was that? That had to be what mid 80s? Late uh, 80s? Like probably like uh Am I dating you like way too far? It it would probably be late 80s, right? Yeah, it was like later okay. 80s. I mean, I can remember playing pinball like with my parents when like High Speed first came out. And like my, my dad was huge into cars, so he thought like High Speed was like the coolest thing ever. And uh, I mean, that they like they played pinball. You know, I mean, my parents, I mean, my dad's not around anymore, obviously, but like my mom's 65 and like that was just something you did was play pinball. So like growing up, I mean, we would like go to arcades and stuff and play, but and the, but they always played pinball because they always told me like, I guess you know they were around before video games hit it big as far as like the arcade games go, and they just always viewed those as a waste of money. Which now being like a massive arcade collector, I always tell people the like the ultimate flaw of arcade games is like uh, what I call like the the restart or reset syndrome. Like there's certain points where if you don't play it perfectly, like you might as well just turn the game off. Whereas pinball is like, well, just suck it up. You got to keep playing, you know. 
Yeah, at least for the most part. I know some of you out there watching or listening, you guys are probably the restarters in pinball, and we're not going to look down on you. Well, right now. if you're I, like I'm me, gonna look you mainly play on location, you don't restart. But yeah, if, no, at, at home, like I know guys who do that constantly. Oh yeah, and they get high scores every game. Every game they complete, <laughs> high score. So here it goes. All right, so you were telling me also about a uh, your genesis of pinball. There's another story after this, correct? Yes, there definitely is. So uh, fast for forward on, like later on, uh, the the uh, arcade in the bowling alley expands. Well, it moves. They they turn the old arcade into an office, and then they they moved it down next to the snack bar. So like right inside the door, you had like I think it was like about five pins, one of which was Whirlwind, and I think they had like an Adams Family, and uh, I can't really remember what else there was. There, I know they had a Gilligan's Island for a while, just because, like, still to this day, I don't, I don't really care for Gilligan's Island. It's, it's just, it's a location crusher. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I, I per one. <laughs> let's put it this way: one day they were going to take out Whirlwind for Gilligan's Island. <laughs> oh. I legit told the operator, I go, just put that back in the truck. I was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't take Whirlwind out. And the guy's like, oh, I just I just throw whatever in. And he goes, if you like Whirlwind, I'll just leave it in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, don't take that out. Oh, I was about to say, that would be um, a terrible trade. So anyway, like, there was, like, if you walked in the bar or walked in the bowling alley, like, right to your right would have been the arcade with, like, a line of games, like, pinball machines against the wall. And then the snack bar was kind of like an L shape. So you could order from the regular area, like, bowling out area or the snack bar so uh these two guys would come in and i don't know what they delivered to the bowling alley probably food or whatever but they would come in um while i was there and they would play pinball and order food and so like they were always in there like probably around like my mom bowled between like nine and like one so they would always be in there around like say 11 30 to one well uh fast forward to one day my mom goes Hey, come here and look at this. <laughs> look at this on the news. And uh, some dude had, like, climbed up the arch with, like, suction cups on, like, his knees and on, like, his forearms, like, like pseudo Spider-Man, right? Which, <laughs> and we're talking about this, the St. Louis arch? Yeah, which if you, like, so me being the quintessential, like, uh, you know, uh, Debbie Downer on certain things. I've actually <laughs> never been in the arch, but uh, if you stand right next to the arch, it's basically just like stainless steel. Like nothing about this says like you would be confident in thinking <laughs> that suction cups are going to hold to this thing, much less go up like 650 feet in the air doing this. Right. Right. So uh, I looked it up today on Wikipedia just to confirm that like, this isn't, you know, like a bunch of memories melting together. But anyway, this dude climbs up, gets up to the top, jumps off with a parachute, and two and like he has a, a getaway car waiting and two guys filming. Well, the two guys who were filming who got caught were the two guys who would be in there playing pinball when I was at the bowling alley. <laughs> of course. And I remember my mom goes, "Look at this! Look at this!" And I go, "Oh yeah, I know those guys." And she goes. <laughs> How do you know those guys? Let's go. Oh, they're they're always in there playing pinball right next to me when you're bowling. Oh my god! And then yeah, your mom was like, where, "Where am I leaving little Bob around? Like, who am I leaving him around right now?" That's right. You you meet all all kinds of people, and and I think the one guy even has like federal offenses against him for it because 
That's what it said on, on Wikipedia today. <laughs> so some there's, real winners at the bowling alley. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of characters in pinball too. That is for sure. Okay. So one of the last times, Bob, the, the last time that I actually got to see you in person, just because of all this COVID stuff was actually back in January, which I believe yeah. is what, like 11 months ago now, pretty much, or right at it. It, it legit, it feels like, uh, almost like a decade ago, but yeah, January at Indisc. Yeah. And you freaking at the classics, you tore it up or at least the target match play, you were on freaking fire. Target match play is probably some of the worst I've ever felt in my life while playing pinball because, um, I know I've told you this story. So like, uh, I forget where I connected. I think might've been like Dallas or something. But um, I get on the plane and this lady go like there's I think like half the plane was empty and she goes, oh, can can I sit down the row from you? And I always sit on the aisle because I'm a bigger guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Well, on the planes where the uh, the luggage flips up, like you can stand up from the aisle and not hit the overhead. Well, on the planes where it folds down and you know they always have the the fold down down uh when everyone's getting on yeah that's definitely like directly over your head so i stood up and hit that thing like insanely hard so fast forward to the next day is that target match play and uh i felt like lightning bolts were going through my head like the entire time but uh I remember I was like well whatever like you're here like if you feel bad like just drop out like who cares and I remember I played one warm-up game and I think it was like Bronco and I think I rolled it twice and I remember thinking like all right game on like let's go you know <laughs> yeah and I remember I was we had... like pretty much miserable the entire time and I don't know I, w I was in the lead for most of it and then pretty I don't know I mean it's the nature of classics like I was really hot at the beginning and then everyone else kind of caught up. You know, I, I had a few games that I took zeros on, like when it actually mattered. But you know, looking back on it, it was like, well, I'm sure there's guys who are way better than me who, you know, had worse luck. I mean, that that's kind of the nature of some of the classics. But let's face facts, though. You were absolutely crushing that day. And for those that are listening, this was this was a legit at the beginning of the day when we first uh, met up. You told me that exact story, and you you were clearly you clearly had a headache, and you were oh, even yeah. talking about possibly dropping out. And I was like, well, just just try it, just see. You know, the worst that could happen is you just get a seizure and you just fall down. And we'll just pick you back up. <laughs> it's fine. Get you made it all the way out. here. Get me going. Yeah, I was like, you made it all the way here. We got to play. We got to play. Um, and then immediately, you're right. You played. It was Bronco. And you did roll it and you were just a couple of times, you were just on fire and you were just like, I got this. I'm like, okay, we're good. And then I checked up on you a couple of rounds later and you were just, I mean, yeah. literally that you coined the term ride the lightning and you did that whole time. It was amazing. Well, it was amazing. It, it was funny in that first half of that tournament, when I played bad, I won. And when I played good, I still like just crushed it. Cause I went like, you could go back and look at some of the scores and like the very first game I remember is uh incredible Hulk, which I don't really know that well at all. I think it's just like, let's get down the drop targets to build the bonus a bunch on the right. And I look back and like, I think my score was like number one overall for the whole tournament on it. And I just remember thinking like, Oh, okay. Like whatever. <laughs> but then there was like a game of like space shuttle where I think I came in first with like 130,000. 
So like, you gotta get <laughs> like, lucky sometimes. That's just how it rolls. How yeah, it rolls. I mean that, that's what I mean in classics. You know, there there's some luck to it, but then there was uh, I remember or you remember Excalibur that upper flipper broke, and I was yeah. pretty much like. I think i would have had like 27 points so I, I was a win away from winning it and the upper flipper breaks and we get put back on uh space shuttle again and of course i take a zero to go down to 24. i remember that because that was uh i think derek price was in your group and i forget the other two was that derek were in your group price um nick de stefano right and uh Jeez, I feel bad. I can't remember who the fourth person there was, was. There was so much going on. I just remember I was on a FaceTime with Dom and we were talking about your game and all that. And I was like, yeah, Bob's in the zone. Bob's in the zone. And I was like, oh shit, the whole pin. It's malfunctioning now. And I'm like, I'm like, crap, what do we do now? And Dom's like, just tell Bob to stay in the zone. And I'm like, I can't because they're already on this game. And then he just did a house ball. And I'm like, I don't even know what to say to him right now because well, that, that was such a bad break. It really was. Part of the problem was the spinner on a space shuttle, I don't think was registering. Yeah, the I remember that. were like barely strong enough to make the center ramp. Yep, I so remember that. I was like, well, if the spinner ain't working, I got to hit the center ramp, ramp and I could never find it. But then uh, I remember the next game was Fireball 2. And I think like the, the first two balls, I had like, I think it was like 30 or 40,000. And I remember, like, I don't really have outbursts when I play, even though I seem talkative here. Like when, especially when I'm like around like more national people. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't really say a whole lot or get too mad, but uh, I remember just like at one after ball two, I was just like, I shouldn't even be playing this. I was so <laughs> pissed. And I, I remember the last ball, I went into like uh, like street fight mode. <laughs> I think on that ball alone, I put 1.1 million on yep. Fireball 2. And I don't fully, I, I really don't even know what the hell I'm doing on that. I was basically <laughs> like, okay, it's an older game. Like, we're just going to wear out these drop targets. And it had, has those like that striker thing in the middle that you can right. build up. Yep. And uh, basically, I think when I drained, I had like seven or eight of those like leftover, which are worth like, forget, I think they might be worth like 10,000 for leftover. But um, like, you know, I came back, I roared back on that. And then the last game was Volton, which uh, Derek Price beat me by like, like less than 5,000, might have been 3,000. And so me and Derek tied for third. And uh, I mean, you know, it averages out, I figure, over a tournament like that. So, I well, mean, that was literally, a... I, when I looked at that before I came out there, I looked at the list of people at work. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, man, I, I don't even know if I should be playing in this, you know? Like, <laughs> like look at this list of people, you know? Well, I was about to say, you, you did really well because, yeah, that tournament was definitely a who's who. I mean, basically, everybody that was at Indisc, Pretty much all the heavy hitters were over there playing the target match play too. It was like, it was a couple of heavy hitters that decided to stay out or they just didn't make it in in time. And then little old me just chilling out in the main area, just trying to play <laughs> over there. That's what it amounted to. Well, I remember at one point, like, it was like me, uh, I think Jason Wardrick, uh, Jim Belzito and Josh Sharp playing in the top group. Yep. And I just remember thinking like, uh, you know, which we, one of these is not like the other? You know? <laughs> what were you guys playing? Was it Mystic? Or um, we played uh, X's and O's. Which That's what is, it was. Yeah. Funny yeah. enough, uh, bowling alley story, and I, I posted this on Facebook a little while back. There is an X's and O's in the background of like my 
I think it's like my sixth birthday party because it's like yeah. uh, pe people from kindergarten in there. And I, I just had to laugh like when I saw it, <laughs> saw it in there. Then you're just, then you travel all the way to California and you play it against the top players in the world. And you hold oh, yeah, your own yeah. though. When I posted it, someone said something. I was like, Oh, I just played that out in California for basically like a thousand bucks, you know, <laughs> if I would have won it or whatever. <laughs> well they're like, that's weird. One of the things with you though is that you are it, it's funny because you have like this I've watched you play enough that you have this hybrid style that it's almost like the slower you play, the the worse off you are. But once oh, you completely once you get into a rhythm though, it's like that ball refuses to drain. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. And you do this on classics too, correct? Oh yeah, classics. So what what kind of like got me figured out on classics is um so way way before I even played tournament pinball, you know, like I was still involved in the sense like I was still clued in enough to kind of keep up with it. But um, I went out to Vegas for a series of concerts. It was a Matador Records 21st birthday party. So it was like three days of all the bands on their record label, uh, not on their record label, but say bands that had released the record on their label. And uh, they had three days at the Palms. So I go out to Vegas. I have six days. And uh, three of those days I spent at Pinball Hall of Fame and uh, I always say uh, I hazed myself with pinball because one day I literally started on one side of the building and was like, all right, you're playing one game of every single machine in here till you get to the other side. Oh, gosh. Trust me, that completely sucked, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I was trying to play like these classics, like real, uh, real exact, some of them. Right. And uh, I realized that some of them, it's more about keeping the ball going fast and like up top than it is right. precision so like there's a certain realm where it's like if you try and play them too cutesy like uh i, I don't think it helps as much plus kind of comes back to something i had in soccer like when i played a lot of soccer guys would go like you know when you show up mad or in like i can just tell you're stressed like you play amazing they're like it's because you're not thinking and uh that kind of comes back to like uh, so i've only played one pinberg and uh Pinberg was the story of if I tried to play exactly how you're supposed to play under control, oh, I sucked. But if right. I just played it wide open, man, I was like locked in cruise control. So yeah, I, I least... try not to uh, overthink it too much, you know? Well, that just means you figured out your style. You know what well, I mean? You, you got it all figured out. No. So my style comes from, you know, I didn't even know tournament stuff existed until like, well, I knew that it existed, but it wasn't on my radar until like, uh, you know, maybe four years ago. And so all that mattered to me was like, oh, how do I get an extra ball? How do I start multi-ball? What's the score I got to get to keep playing? Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I would just kind of go around and play pretty loose. Right. So what did so, your, uh, what was your first tournament then? First tournament ever was a California Extreme 2016, and I went. So, whole reason I ever went to that is my buddy Dave, who won't watch this, so he doesn't care that <laughs> that I'm naming him. <laughs> We're gonna but tell he, Dave to watch this. Yes, he saw like some clickbait article. It was like uh, I don't even know if it's about video games, but it mentioned California Extreme. It was like, oh, this is really cool, you know, like they have all this super rare stuff. 
he's like, why haven't we go ever gone to this? And I was just like, well, I just figured no one else really cared. So like, I'm not going to be like, Hey guys, let's fly out there for this, you know? Cause I figured everyone's <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, he's like, well, you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And so at this time, you know, I, I'd have my current job. And as I say, I went from paycheck to paycheck to no longer paycheck to paycheck. So it was like, okay, I can do this, whatever. And uh, I remember I buy a ticket and time goes by and I can tell like, he's not going to go. But um, I, I knew enough people out there from buying and selling arcade stuff. I was like, well, whatever. I'm, I probably know like 10 people. So whatever, I'll, I'll still go. And like around this time, my job had just acquired a much larger company. So the, uh, the merger was a complete mess. And I was like, whatever, like, I, I'm going to go to this. Who cares? Yeah. And so I roll out there and I remember like that year I walk in and like all it is is like dance dance revolution, like pump it up, like whatever rhythm or like dance games you can think of. Right. Like crank to the roof, which if you go to a lot of these shows, like typically it becomes like a volume fest, like who who can turn their machine up louder than the next guy. And oh, yeah, it's not really like people are trying to do it. It's just more a factor of like all the noise inside the place. But um, I walk in and it's like, it was like tinnitus level, you know, like concert volume in there. And I'm just like, man, I got to get out of here, right? So uh, I remember seeing on the map, which if you ever been in California Extreme, the tournament isn't in the main area. It's like you go to the lobby, go up an escalator, and it's in like a ballroom where you might have like a meeting or something. So I walk in and uh, I think it was Greg DeFeo who I literally, I didn't know who anybody was at the time other than like, I'd seen Bowen on like YouTube videos enough right. to go like, Oh, that like, that's the guy from YouTube. You know? <laughs> I didn't know his name. That's him. Look at him. So uh, I walk in and I asked the dude, I'm like, uh, yeah, like, how does this work? And he's like, Oh, well, uh, you know, you get 20 credits across any five machines here. You know, your, your top highest score on any five builds up your qualifying score. So, you know, like there's a max of 500, say, you know, first place gets a hundred, say 20th place gets 80. So if you score 80 on all of them, you get like 400. I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, I see a whirlwind in there and I'm like, all right, well, I, I've owned a whirlwind since 2001. Like we got this one locked down. So I'm like, all right, I'll play. And the guy's like, oh, like you're going to play. And like, I think it was about like 2 PM. Right. right. Which I didn't even know, like, there was qualifying on Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, I remember I walk in and like the first game, I'm like, I'm chimping. Like I'm just flipping like an idiot on whirlwind. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, what the hell are you doing? Like no one's standing over your shoulder. Like just play like you're playing in the basement. So like, I think the next game I, I played whirlwind again. And I think I had like 14 or I think it was 14 million, which was good enough for like, I don't know. I think like top 10, and I think like 170 people played. And uh, I'm trying to think what else I played there. I think it was like Beat Time. Um, or Attack, Flush, from, Attack uh, from Mars, I think, was there that year, right? Well, we'll, we'll get to Attack from <laughs> Mars. <laughs> okay. But uh, there was Royal Flush, um, Pinball Magic. And I remember that. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was top of B, like, all day, which to me, like, you could have told me whatever. Like, I didn't know what any of this meant. Right. And, uh, I remember thinking like, oh, well, it would be cool to say I made A in my first ever event, having 
no clue who anybody is, right? Right. And so uh, the the last game I played, I remember, was a uh, it's an EM by uh, Williams called Blue Chip, and uh, I don't really have any clue of how to play it other than uh, I think it was basically like light the spinners, wear the spinners out. And uh, I'd seen people I could tell didn't really know how to play, like blow my other scores out on it. And I was like, well, I, I remember at one point I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to go put the number one score on Whirlwind just to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, no, that's really dumb. You don't have anything to prove on Whirlwind. Go play that blue chip again. And so I think I almost rolled it. It was about 950,000, which was good enough for like third overall. So I think at that point I was like 16 and cut was 24. And I remember I'm in the bar, right? So like I'm there with all these arcade guys I know. And I told them, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm going to make the cut for A. And they're like, oh, no, you're not. And I was just <laughs> saying it just to say it more than anything. And I remember like Bowen walks out and I knew who he was. And I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, excuse me, is like, uh, is the tournament like, is the qualifying done? <laughs> and like, he kind of looks at me like, huh? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's over. I was like, so it's final. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, fast forward the next day, like I show up and they're like, oh, who are you? And I tell them and they're like, oh, what are you here for? And I was like, well, <laughs> and I know you love this part. I go, <laughs> well, uh, I signed up for B, but I made A, like what do I play? <laughs> and, and Bowen looks up from the table and just goes like, who are you? And I tell him, and they both kind of had this look like, like, who is this guy, you know? And so then fast forward, I'm playing, uh, I think it was Johnny Modica. Is it Modica? I never can pronounce it right. I never can. I, I know who you're Carl, talking Carl, I think, say Modica. I never so, can uh, pronounce it right. Johnny, uh, Louise Wagonsoner, and then Bob Matthews, which at the time, like, I didn't know any of these people, so I had, like, right. no clue who anybody is. And then uh, we're playing um, Pinball Magic, I remember, was the first game. Okay, and, yeah. Like, I think, like, the first night we stayed out till, like, 4 a.m., like, Friday <laughs> night, and then I stayed up till, like, 2 or 3, probably, on, like, Saturday with those guys. So I roll in there Sunday, like, on fumes, right? Right. And uh, the pinball magic was like waxed up pretty good. And I, I remember in qualifying thinking like, like this thing plays like lightning. So I like rolling on like no Mountain Dew, no caffeine, whatever. <laughs> Punch the first ball and whiff it. It auto saves. <laughs> Second ball, same thing. And I remember thinking like if any of those people were watching, they're thinking like, what the hell is this guy doing here? Oh and my so, god. Uh, I came in second on that and then we played like um what did we play? We played NASCAR and I think I came in like third like I think I I came in third but I only beat Luis by like 100,000 points. I think I had like it was like 20 million or something. I legitimately I had no clue what I was doing on the machine. So then the very last game was Attack from Mars and I remember uh who I know now is Jay Collins walks by and I remember going, Hey, how do you play this? And the guy like goes, huh? I was like, Oh, I don't play. I don't play like this newer stuff. And he goes, <laughs> this newer stuff up. like attack from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, all right. We'll, we'll get to attack from Mars in a second. <laughs> but, um, he goes just up the middle all day long. And I was like, Oh, all right. So I, I've never gone back and fully watched it. I know it's on YouTube, and you've might have oh, gone back and fully watched it. Oh, yeah. It. 
I've watched dude, it. I played that thing like, oh my God, did I play it wide open after watching it. And I think I only missed advancing by like two or 300,000 points, which is just like ridiculous. But the whole reason I didn't like Attack from Mars is I was so, such like a System 11 person that like large scoring to me was like an offense in the sense of like, I knew in System 11s, if you got like 10 million and above, like you were doing pretty good. Right. And then like, oh, well, these games where you get like 10 million just to flip, you know, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't like those. So <laughs> that like that's why I didn't like stuff like that. And plus, I, I was like, that's when I got into high school and kind of got out of it. So I didn't really play that that much. And like I first got back into it with uh, I remember one day in college reading like Williams went out of business. And I'm like, I remember like my mind was blown. I was like, how the hell did Williams go out of business? Like Williams like killed everybody. You right. Know? Yep. And then uh, I remember reading like, oh, Sega became stern. And uh, this arcade in the one mall by my house had Playboy, and that was like the newest one. And I was like, "Oh well, all right, I'll I'll play that." So me and my buddy would go play that for like two, three hours every night. And then uh, remember, Roller Coaster Tycoon came out, and they got that too. And I wasn't that big on Roller Coaster Tycoon, but uh, it's kind of a funny segue into someone I'll meet later. But all across St. Louis and. Most old schoolers are going to know exactly the name I'm going to say, but every high, every grand champion on every machine, the initials were JR. And I, I never could meet this person. And I was convinced it was just like, like whatever tech came out to do the route, he just take the glass <laughs> off just to mess with people and like run these scores up. Well, everyone knows like old school dudes know who JR is. It's John Miller. And right. John is an amazing pinball player. But at the time it was just like, this mythical person because <laughs> I remember my, my buddy would be like, Oh, I, I think I like, I was at this bar and I think I saw him, but I, I wasn't sure. You know? <laughs> like, I couldn't tell if like he put in his initials or not. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he was like a giant mystery to me and my one friend. So it, was like, it was just like Bigfoot was rolling around freaking St. Louis playing pinball and nobody would know if they saw him or not. Well, yeah, like I, I had no clue. And then I remember, I think it was on rec.games.pinball. Like I talked to him on there and then we met at this like pool hall place and I finally met him. And, but like, I had no idea like who he was. And then, uh, I think, I think he might've played his first thing was like 95. They held some tournament here at like this this super shady hotel <laughs> but it was like midwest something and i've seen like dudes like fred richardson and them all talk like you know they came to it but didn't know who john was yeah and then john showed up and like really brought it because i remember him telling me like his first ever tournament i think he won a diner you know yeah and i think it was that tournament and they were all like, yeah, we remember showing up thinking like, oh, like we're going to like trounce this thing. And then like, here's this local guy who just comes in and blows everybody out. It's I mean, it's amazing how that happens. There's a lot of excellent pinball players that might not play on a national level in terms of just traveling, but their skill level is clearly on a national level. Well, I mean, there's there's the other end too. There's dudes like Dominic who like local guys are like, who's Dominic? Yep. And they're like, is he better than you? I'm like, dude, Dominic could blow me up. And they're like, huh? Dom like, is an enigma. I, I that's why I've tried to tell him. I'm like, you gotta travel more. 
Meaning that's, that's the public accounting lifestyle. He needs to get oh, on the corporate gosh. side of the fence so he can travel. I know. Like the last time he did anything really was what? Plea pen? And that was last year. And he I remember he was supposed oh. to come out to Pen Masters and meet us out there. Was and... Clepin after um Free Play Florida? Or no, no it was before. before. So yeah, so then Free Play would have been the last yeah. time then. Yeah, he just that's why I told him even after that, I'm like, you need to try to travel a little bit more, play play more because he even says he doesn't play local at all that's what blows my mind he's an excellent player and he just he just barely plays it's like even in disc he told me when he played it in disc i think this would be get my years all mixed up i guess 2019 now is the year that he took like third or fourth yeah it was overall. 19 yeah he literally had not even played pinball for a few weeks before that if i'm remembering well, this right so that my first tournament, I had not, that was in late July. I'd went to Las Vegas, like in April. I had played one day since April. And that was literally like, I flew into uh, San Fran or San Jose on that Thursday. And I remember my buddy goes, Oh, do you want to play pinball? And I was like, yeah, I know this place up in San Francisco. And he goes, Oh, free gold watch. I was like, yeah, he goes, that's where I was going to take you. So I remember we went to free gold watch and uh i felt pretty damn good like i remember i was playing their black knight 2000 and i think i hit comboed the upper loop like 15 times in a row and my buddy was like watching like holy crap and so i remember i rolled into that tournament thinking like oh well like i don't know i, I feel pretty good which i, I think i've kind of honed in on that i think when i i play too much like i kind of get too jumpy it right. almost be like um I experienced this in baseball. Like if you go to the batting cages too much, you get kind of too jumpy expecting the pitch. Yeah. You so get like, tunnel vision. It's literally called tunnel vision. Yep. Yeah. Like I know what you're, you're talking about. you'd almost be better off having slower reactions at times. And I've right. ex totally experienced that in tournaments where like I haven't been playing and I roll in there and it just feels like everything is going super smooth, but I feel like, like a quarter second off, yep. but I'm really not off. I'm just not as like, anxious or jumpy as you know i'd be like when i get like playing a ton yeah and i mean and there's something to that too and i was talking actually to dom about this just a couple of days ago about the benefits to either playing all the time or taking the right amount of time off from playing especially if you are going to play at high level tournaments like me personally i like to play as often as i can but if i know that there's a high level tournament coming up i'll actually not play two days before even traveling out there. Cause I find like, I just need to rest up, like whether it's hands, feet, eyes. I mean, I think a lot of people underestimate that, especially if you're playing a herb or something like that to where you're in line, you're playing game after game, that your eyes, like for me, my eyes get super tired whenever I'm playing more than anything. Uh, my, my eyes don't really, um, th this will sound extremely nerdy, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, isn't pinball already nerdy, but, hey. uh, hey. when <laughs> I used to play a lot of arcade games, uh, people would know them as like bullet hell shooters. And then I would go play soccer. I noticed my eyesight was significantly better on corner kicks because I could pick up the flight of the ball and where it was going to be like right. way, way better. And it was all from like, uh, I don't even know if it was necessarily like peripheral vision or focus or whatever, but uh, I definitely think like eyesight is a thing to oh, some yeah. extent. Oh yeah, no doubt it is. I mean, that's honestly, that's what's helped me a lot because I had LASIKs years ago, like when I was 18, 19, I used to be blind as a bat. 
And then once I got LASIKs, it just improved my vision to basically 2010 or whatever it was. And it's, I mean, that helps a lot just being able to see. It's just the amount of seeing something in motion though, when it comes to pinball, when you see it over and over and over again, I could just, for me personally, I can feel my eyes like just tiring out after like the third day in a row of something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if I need to just get freaking eye drops and just suck need, it up. You need pin shades. That's what you need. <laughs> That's what it is. That's that's exactly yes. what it is. So we were talking about earlier about how you like to ride the lightning and you tend to play on the fly a little bit. So then yeah, a little I, bit. So you've played a Guns N' Roses and I would think something like this would fit your style then, right? It would have to, right? Uh, you know, I'm not as negative on Guns N' Roses as uh, other people are, but um, I, I would best say I, it's kind of funny. So I played it, um, I guess, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving, so a little bit ago. And uh, I remember, like, like I didn't know what was happening, but multi-balls are just, like, coming out of the wall, like, out of the walls, basically. Like, you know, they're just, <laughs> multi-balls are just happening. And I remember laughing because I was so, like, focused on the flippers that I, I thought, like, oh, Deep Roots pin bar would be really helpful right now, you know? <laughs> and then uh, I remember at one point I was, like, trying to let the balls bounce over to, like, I think, like, backhand that uh, the guitar ramp or whatever. Right. And uh, which I don't even know if that's the technical name. But uh, I remember I was trying to let the balls bounce over, and I started laughing. And I know I've told you this, but it felt like uh, the uh, Smash TV or Robotron of multi-ball, where it was just, like, an endless onslaught of dudes, like, you know, just coming from every direction. Because it was just, like, there was just balls, like, <laughs> flooding the flippers. And I was just like, whoa, you know, like screw it like i'm just gonna start ripping you know <laughs> just, i mean and that's exactly how you have to play that game because if you trap up you ain't gonna be doing any more ripping you're done like it'll just kill your flippers i, I guarantee that did not happen to you did it it, it did happen once because it I happened like, once right. how what, what did you do for that to happen i've never ever seen you trap up hardly at all so how could that happen I, well i kind of went into my mode where it's like all right i'm just gonna you know paint my numbers if i want to Oh, you're trying. Okay. I, I didn't know the game well enough. And I remember like the flippers died and they booed and whatever. And I just thought like, oh, okay. And I think it says like, what, what is this St. Louis or whatever? The, the remark from the concert here, <laughs> well, like, it's... They, which I'm sure like everyone knows, but it was like the, I think like opening weekend of like the major amphitheater here. And, uh, like security didn't know the protocols and like so basically like the first three songs they're supposed to be able to take pictures like in the photographer area well it's like almost the encore and they're still letting them take pictures and axel rose jumps down there and like punches this photographer in the face <laughs> gets up on stage and says do your lame ass security concerts over spikes the microphone you know <laughs> And like with that, like basically like they destroyed this brand new amphitheater. So that that's the the lore of Guns N' Roses in St. Louis. So why couldn't they add that onto the LCD screen? Uh, dude, I, I was totally like hoping that was. And fun, funny enough, uh, one of the guys, uh, Richard Fortas, who is like their, I guess, rhythm guitarist or whatever. He's actually from St. Louis and played in this band called The Eyes that was around in St. Louis, way predating me even knowing like what concerts were. But um, it's just kind of funny is like, you know, like one of your band members is actually from St. Louis and I'm sure was around at the time, you know, like when that happened. 
Right, and then all of a sudden you're just like, screw it, we're done, we're done. Yeah, well, which they they actually they came back and played uh what the I don't even know what they last called it the Edward Jones Dome where the Rams played and I thought like well you know they might as well just let them tear that thing down but uh, <laughs> I I missed that I probably would have went just to see it but uh, actually it was one of the years I flew out there for California Extreme. Well, see, obviously you just need to buy Guns and Roses and you could just you know knock down all your video games in the background and just repeat what happened. Well, I could. I, I'd sell them first, though, since it's like I've paid pennies on the dollar for what they're worth now. Hey, that's the way to do it. Well, it's it's funny, too, because with Guns N' Roses, it's like I've gone back and forth on it. Of course, I did my hands-on review of it, and it was obviously divisive, but I figured I figured the way Guns N' Roses is, there it would cause a lot of division anyways, just because the type of gameplay is fairly new compared to what we're used to out of modern pinball. But it's I'm interested to see how the rule set kind of evolves to where maybe it might not be so multi-ball centric eventually because the light show is outstanding. Some of the shots do feel good. Obviously the artwork is fantastic and the theme is a winner for a lot of people. So I'm kind of curious whether it needs that type of change? I mean, what do you think? I don't even know if it needs that type of rule change because uh, to me, they've already sold a ton of well, games. I don't know if it even needs that at this point. So I kind of thought of this over the past few days, not really like preparing for this, but just put in a tournament mode where it's completely different, where all the tournament guys who've complained about everything is just like, you could, you could basically have two different games. And you know right. those guys would always play that. And you know everyone at home who's basically wants to play Guitar Hero the pinball, they don't give a crap about that, so they're not right. going to play it. And they're going to have tons of fun with the normal game and get get to hear all the songs and see the light show, which is amazing. And, I mean, you, right there, you, you could suit both worlds, really. I mean, I, I don't really have any ideas for what tournament mode would, you know, you necessarily know, I, have, but I, that's I honestly, to do it. I don't even know if it would really even need it. I mean, to me, it's... I think it's okay to have a major pinball machine not be a tournament pinball machine. Like, I don't think every game has to be that. I know Stern really prides themselves in doing that, but I don't know oh. if necessarily Jersey Jack really has to do that. You know what I mean? Just because they, they've sold everything that they need to sell. And yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I always tell people, I go, I don't really give a crap about the themes most of the time. Right. Let's say if I hate the theme and a million other people love it, I go, guess what? That just guarantees that the company will like the pinball company will still be around to make more machines that I might like. So right. like, I can get over myself if I don't like the the latest greatest release, as long as it guarantees that like oh maybe you know they'll be around another five years and make games that I do like. So yeah, I know that's exactly right, and that's kind of one of the things that I've taken a stance on with Guns and Roses. That what I'm interested about it now that that's out. And, you know, this is assuming that they get past, of course, all their play field issues, manufacturing and all that. But I'm genuinely interested to see what theme they do next. Because if they change the genre of how music pins are done or seen as in terms of how we think of them, you know, compared to the way Stern did it, are they willing to do that for a different type of theme? Say a comic book theme. Like, is there something different that can be done because they've already kind of kind of gone in Stern's backyard and said, okay, we're going to make our own rock pen. We're going to do it totally different than the way you do it. 
And of course it paid off in spades in terms of orders and they sell out the CEs and all that, I mean, millions of dollars. So I'm really curious to see if they try to do the same thing with their next theme, whether it would be a comic book theme or a movie theme or whatever it could be. I mean, is there a way to really reinvent something again? It's kind of hard to do because uh, I think like a song lends itself to maybe the duration of a multi-ball, especially considering how long some of their ball savers are on a right. GNR. Whereas like a comic book or a movie, I mean, maybe you could have like a, a short little scene that was a highlight of the movie. But um, I mean, from what we've seen, like video assets and all that always seem to be a giant hassle. So yeah, <clears throat> I imagine the licensing just to get like that much of the actual movie in there would kind of be prohibitive unless it was like a wizard mode. But then that kind of defeats the whole purpose because like how many people are really going to get to that wizard mode? Yeah. The only way that I could see this actually working in any sort of way is if you did have a wizard mode, just like you mentioned, except you do something at the beginning, kind of like how you can play escape from Nublar at the very beginning of the game. If you want to just play it as its own mode, so I think one of the ways that you could do it to kind of redefine how things are is that you actually play a scene out during your mode. So for instance, once the ball gets stopped somewhere, that's where maybe all the lights go out and then you might see it on the LCD screen. You might see you know, some sort of action scene playing out because you triggered that and then you hear the sound, the light show happens during that and then it indicates, okay, you're back to gameplay again. And you just kind of repeat that process until you get to the end of the scene. You know what I mean? I think that could work for certain action games and all that, but the only thing I'm worried about is all the stop and go. But that's the only thing I can think of to where you can take the newest themes that are comic book themed or like action movie based themes and kind of put that in there. Because to me, the way that Jersey Jack captured a concert in a box, that's not easily transferable to any other type of genre within pinball. Like, I just don't think it is. No, I, I, that's exactly what I was getting at. Like a, a rock concert, like uh, you don't necessarily be or have to be looking at the stage necessarily to maybe enjoy it. Not saying like you're going to go to a concert and stare at the wall. There's but, a lot of people that go to concerts just to stare at their phones. <laughs> well, that's, that's true nowadays. But I mean, like, like the pinball, you know, you don't have to see like necessarily the video of like slash playing a solo right to like be enjoying the multi-ball and the song and the lights whereas like oh that's kind of always been my issue with video assets and pinball and i know we've talked this is like i'm not really looking at this like is one thing i remember i said to you like one of the few like video moments i really um like remember even stands out to me as like victory multi-ball and star wars you know yep but outside of that like what's going on the on on the screen a lot of times i couldn't tell you see i honestly think and i'm talking to a lot of people that play pinball a lot i feel like video assets are some of the most overrated assets in pinball today like because even if you ask the casuals you know what i mean like they don't care so they see it off to the side. They're like, okay, yeah, it's cool. But then after that, it's like, it doesn't define the game. I've never heard, the only person I've ever heard really talk about video assets a lot is Kaneda, the God's honest truth. I've been around thousands of people at different shows and everything. And I've never once had somebody tell me, I really like playing that game because of the video assets. I've never heard that sentence ever said. Now, not saying it hasn't been, maybe somebody just enjoys 
just standing there and for instance watching a guns and roses concert on the lcd screen the whole time but you know i i couldn't even tell you like if i'm looking at an lcd screen i'm just specifically looking to either find my score or find out what my progress is like you know and that's the thing that's the most hilarious part pen clash for instance you watch that right um i little, watched a little uh, bit of it I watched, I think I missed maybe the semifinals. I forget what I, oh, I think I went and I, I walked for an hour, but okay. so I, watched, you, I watched most of it. You saw enough of it. Okay, so the funniest part, what I'm getting at here is that there was just this internal fight with everybody of making sure that the LCD screen actually showed what they did. You know, it yeah, was, that, uh, that's what it was all about. And that's what I mean. There's so much stuff jam-packed in there that that really... I would think would clue in people that, you know, it's video assets while it's cool, you know, to some degree, I don't know if it's defining enough to, to make people want to automatically buy a machine. I, I have yet to meet anybody that says they bought a particular machine because of the video assets. Like that's what got them over the hump to yeah, pay I out. Don't, I don't think it would necessarily get anybody over the hump. I think like uh, one example where like, kind of feel it's lacking even though i could give a crap about like the theme in the movie is like jersey jack pirates it's kind of like oh it's pirates but how much of the movies are you actually seeing you know and i, I don't yeah. feel like there's much in there and yeah, that comes from me not really even knowing the movies the only thing i can even think of from the movies is like uh when you shoot the ship the with the can with the ball yep like outside of that like nothing honestly sticks out in my mind is like being from the movie I mean, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you, I've played every modern there is to play and I've put on, you know, considerable time on all of those pretty much, except for, I think Elvira and Batman 66. Those are the only ones I don't have a ton of time on, but I could not tell you any video asset in general that I'm like, wow, that was just awesome. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I, I don't know. You know, and that's, and I have all kinds of different ones. Like I had a Star Wars that obviously used live action assets. I've got a, an Avengers that obviously is just animated in the same way with Ninja Turtles. And then Iron Maiden, it's like, I, I don't recall anybody really making a big deal over, you know, over the assets that Iron Maiden had on the LCD screen. It's just, it, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. And that's what's funny in terms of what Deep Root is trying to do with the pin bar, thinking that a lot of people are going to look at that. And it's kind of like, to me, getting somebody to actually pay attention to the LCD screen, it just, it generally doesn't happen a lot. Cause there's a lot of people that I've said, Hey, yeah, just look on this part of it and they'll tell you exactly what to do. And they still don't do it. It's just to me, it, I don't know. Is it just not a natural thing to look at the LCD screen for a lot of people? Um, I, I think a lot of people don't, I don't know. This kind of comes down to like your whole. I don't know. This will be a broad, broad statement. Hot take. Travis likes these, but uh, kind of comes down to like uh, just your general personality, and uh, that the like it's always something I always tell people. Like, you might play sports with people, but there's certain people who strive to be better, and then there's other people who are totally content with making the same errors over and over and over, <laughs> and yeah. never once think like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, why don't I try and do it differently? And pinball playing is very much like that. And I think yep. that's what you're seeing with like certain people, certain personality types are like, like, how do I do this? How do I get better? Like what's going on? And then other people are just like, 
I just want to knock it around, which is yep. fine. And so, like, I actually think the pin bar is like pretty, pretty cool, especially yep. from like the, uh, like the kind of analytics end of it. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. I think that is totally cool. But um, I don't know. I mean, maybe in today's phone era, that'll be more intuitive. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people crap on stuff that Deep Root's doing, which I've crapped on them too. I, I'm about 50-50. I, I, I like a lot of their innovations. I think the whole rollout it, is pretty much what everyone else has said has been uh, shooting yourself in the foot repeatedly. Unquestionable, um, yes. I like a lot of their ideas. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll have to see how the games are, but I think the pin bar thing is pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, I hope when it comes to Deep Root, my, the way that I really want to cheer them on, because I was very critical of just my first experience on Raza, and that was last year. But my hope was coming out of that was that something would be developed out of it that would, you know, enable a whole company to start. Because obviously there's a bunch of people working there, but I would love it if there was a new company that wasn't only just competing, but was putting out product on a consistent basis. Now, whether they can actually do that, who knows until they actually prove it. But just like you said, a lot of their ideas though, it's, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say it's necessarily changing the industry completely, like some would want to think, but I think it's certainly a step in the right direction. You know, when you look at the functionality of some of the things that they're talking about, like I like the idea of changing around a rule set and kind of customizing it. A little bit. I like that idea. I like the idea of a uh, shot log. I know that a lot of casual yeah. players might not like that. If you want to get better, you know, uh, to me, it's a great thing. And I don't know, in my opinion, I don't get buying a pinball machine that you flip every day and you don't try to get better. That would just drive me insane. Like just flipping away and not having a reason for flipping. And so to me, and the thing, I think you'll agree with this, a lot of things that some of the people get wrong about tournament players, and I'm not saying this for all tournament players, but I guarantee a lot of us are like this, that the common thought is, is that us as tournament players, all we wanna do all the time is just get a grand champion score and a high score. And it's like, if you're playing at home, it's not like that all the time. Some of the times you just wanna see what the modes are. And if you're a, an excellent pinball player, you know one of the things that comes with that, you're able to see parts of the game that other people aren't able to see, especially on default or stuff like that. So that's why I think getting to see a shot log when that can teach you how to be efficient, you know, what shots work better, what modes work better. To me, that is the game changer right there. I would love to see that across the board with every other company. I wish they could do something like that. I think it's incredible personally. Yeah, I think uh, the shot log is really good because people always go, oh, how are you going to pinball? I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of it's just pat pattern recognition and timing. They're like, well, what do you mean timing? I was like, playing enough soccer, I go, certain shots have the same feel to the flippers. Like, I go, there's a certain, I go, if you see me really get into it, I might be moving my feet like I'm playing soccer. And they're like, huh? It's like, it's just like a timing maybe a mechanism or whatever. Right. And I, I go, but uh, there's a certain pattern recognition element. And I like the shot log to that adds a whole nother layer that you've never really had before. You know, I mean, unless you're videotaping it and going back and watching right. it, which I don't think like anybody is, although I'm sure there is somebody who's doing that. Somewhere. Yeah. There, there's some that do. I, I, I mean, I've got it set up to watch, but I don't do it much, but I know that there are some that do that. I think it would come in really handy, especially 
if you look at the speed runs, like what happened at Pin Clash, oh, to be able yeah, to see yeah. the shortest distance to something or the shortest, you know, the, the most efficient way to do something. Yeah. Um, what were you saying about, uh, oh, the innovations. So, uh, you know, while maybe some of their innovations are just like reinventing the wheel, it's kind of comes back to like, well, when, when did Stern get rid of the, the old displays is when Jersey Jack came out and, you know, they didn't match Jersey Jack, which is fine. I actually prefer the smaller Stern displays. I think they're more natural to look up from the game as right. opposed to looking at what the 26 inch LCD that, jersey jack has and you need like you know a master's degree to understand like what's going on on the display half the time especially like um, my most experience on that is uh the the one i've played the most is pirates and usually yeah. i'm just like i'm in the weeds as far as like what's going on on pirates you know dude I mean, dom I, I know what i know <laughs> and it, i know it's not a, not enough dom tried to explain pirates to me and usually I can pick up on things pretty quick, but I was like lost as soon as we got to the fourth thing. Cause there was like 20 plus different characters to pick. Oh, and yeah. then you got to hit it this way. Then you got to hit it that way. But then you have a multi-ball here, but then you can get a multi-ball here. And I'm like, this is a lot. Like it just, I mean, it, and it's funny too, because that kind of, not only just the theme, but them being that overcomplicated, it makes me wonder if that's why a lot of people didn't really respond well to it and it didn't sell as much but then at the same time it's like guns and roses when i look at the way that that uh rule set is set up a lot of people think it's super deep but i think it's more just wide than it is deep like a lot of the rules it's pretty straightforward once you get into it and once you just look at the screen like we talked about but the funny part is the screen we're not talking about looking up at the giant lcd we're just talking about a little screen in the back that's actually on the play field so i'm curious to see if something like that might be the norm in the future at least for jersey jack to get people engaged more in terms of what they're seeing on the play field i mean honestly i always thought circus will tear the way the display was in there was like perfect mm -hmm. for pinball but yeah you know i but i mean knowing what i know now i also know that circus will tear sold like crap and you could buy them like new in box from williams for like 1800 bucks back in the day so yeah. what do yeah. i know but uh, i mean more where i was going with that was uh if no one is pushing you to innovate, then you're not going to innovate, basically. And that's not to say that, like, one company's better than, uh, you know, another one as far as their innovation. But, like, okay, maybe I'd, I wouldn't have liked Stern's screen, but at least pushed them forward, you know. And But I did end up liking Stern's screen. So, um, I don't know. I, I think, like, I, I, I do really root for all these smaller pinball places. Like, and you might hear, like... Uh, one of my hottest takes ever was that Deadpool is going to completely suck and be a massive, massive failure for Stern. <laughs> and uh, my, my friend Jesse Leffler, well, he's the person I said it to, and he still gives me crap over it to this day because I remember saying, I can't believe you're going to have multi-ball on some ramp that's not even connected and just relies on kinetic energy to make it <laughs> see and go up that ramp. Who the hell designed this? And then... <laughs> Then I remember I figured it out one day. I would tap it off the left wall, rip on the fly, and I'd have multi-balls started like on the very first ball. And people would be like, I thought you hated this. I was like, oh, well, yeah. That's before I figured <laughs> out what the hell I was doing. Hey, that's the way that that game went. There was a lot of people early on. They did not like that katana ramp. 
they did not like it at all. But yeah, you're right. The people that figured it out and dialed it in, like they were good to go. The same with the uh, Schnick shot as well. That's one of the most yeah. fun shots in pinball, I think. I don't own a Deadpool, but I freaking love that shot. I mean, just the feeling you get, it's a highly satisfying shot. And there's not many shots like that that are satisfying just on their own without the music and without a ton of sound. Like it's just knowing that you hit it and just seeing where it's going and oh, knowing yeah. what the result is. I mean, that's a great shot in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that uh Katana Rano ramp, um, I feel like the one I play on location, it loosened up over time. Just because you're hitting it so much. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, it felt like it loosened up or something, or maybe just my timing. Like, I can hit it on a fly, like, pretty consistently. But from a trap, forget it. And I, I don't know why that is. But on the fly, like, off a plunge, like, yeah, I can just crank on that. See, that's what I like doing, too. And I got a habit. I sometimes do that, even without the ball save on. And I know it's a bad habit to have, but damn, it's such a fun shot, though. I, I was doing it at Pinburg, and you know <laughs> me, like, uh, basically, I just thought, like, well, screw it. Like, don't get in your own head. Like, you know, play your game. <laughs> and I remember the, I think it was, like, the first round of, like, B, B playoffs. Like, I'd already locked up advancing, so it didn't really matter. But the last ball, I needed one more ball lock for multi-ball and just like blazed it into the Deadpool stand-ups straight out the out lane and was just like, oh, well, guess I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, well, it's funny too. A lot of the ways that they have these pins set up, especially at Herbs, it's like if you try to play a modern on the fly, at least some of them, there's always that one oh, that that's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Bob Matthews, that was the greatest game of Tron I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what oh, anybody says. At no, free my play? Tron in qualifying, I played 100% oh, yeah. wide open. And I oh, think, yeah, 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 yeah. What did I have? I had like, a lot. Had like 80 or 100 million on it? I thought it was more than 100. Like, well, and that sucker... J Jason Wardrick finally beat me at the end, but I remember at one point, point thinking like, if they had this on video, this would be like what not to do in tournament pinball. This is like <laughs> not how you're supposed to play. And I remember the first ball, I bricked the left ramp, hit the stand up, had 500,000. And I think I drained out after ball two at like 80 million. And I remember hearing Dominic like at 40 million going, dude, like he's still going. And yeah, that, that all came together for me. But yeah, the uh, the Bob Matthews performance at Free Play Florida, it, it was making me nervous. And like, I don't get nervous on stuff like Dude, that. <laughs> I've never seen anybody rip a disc that much and survive. I swear, well, he he probably played like three. super controlled. Like yeah. the, the feedback would come down super slow and you could just drop catch on the left flipper and yeah. just right back up into it. Yeah, I should have known that. I should have known that because that game, I was the one that picked that game and that just killed my whole entire tournament immediately. I think I got like 7 million or something like that because I was trying for the uh, Quora and I can't even think of the term for it. What, what is it? Quora, side ramp. Oh, oh my God. Uh, what's that jackpot called? I'm drawing end, a blank. End of line. End of line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was planning on doing that. And obviously because I don't know the name of it, I didn't hit one. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. Well, Bob. I appreciate you being here, brother. This was a yeah. uh, a funny chat. You always have the most hilarious stories, for sure. 
Uh, we we probably haven't even scratched the surface of uh, stories. No, no, we have not. And what I'm looking forward to, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do it this year, but I'm still looking forward. I'm counting down the days to end disc 2022 when we can go grab some freaking Mexican food out yeah, there again. I was trying to think of the name of that place. Um, I don't know. All I know is, is was, for my next four games, I just had my butt clenched so tight that I just didn't <laughs> want to kill everybody around me. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I remember the name now. It was like Consuela's. And we walked in thinking it was like a restaurant. Basically, <laughs> it was like tables down the middle and yep. like people pushed against the wall, you know? Not COVID friendly. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, yeah, basically, if, you, if you're not cool, like eating with strangers at a shared table, like don't go to the place. Go, go to Del Taco instead. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, they had really excellent. Good. They had really excellent Mexican food, though. I just remember oh, we yeah. were, all three of us, we were set, like, right there, shoulder to shoulder, because I think, wasn't it Sam, did Sam Swain go with us, or who else went with us? Yeah, Sam, Sam saw it on, like, Yelp or something. Okay. I was like, I was like all right, like, yeah. I'll, I'll eat Mexican breakfast, lunch, dinner, like, let's go, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to Indisc, too. Uh, I think that'll be the next uh, major, or not next major, because it already is major, but... That'll be like the one most people I think go to. Yeah, I I think what I'm hoping is, and I got to talk to Josh Sharp about this a little bit more. I'm curious, but I'm really, me personally, I'm hoping sanctioned tournaments come back by summer. I don't know if that's realistic since we got to wait for the rest of the world, but um, I don't know. I, I have my fingers crossed just because of the vaccine and all that coming out and if enough people take it and so on and so forth. But I'm hoping hope that- so. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we get to play tournaments by then, but I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I, I At that point, I'm just hoping that some of these places get to stay in business more than anything. Yeah, there's a, locally, a few are kind of shaky. Um, the place I always go to, Two Plumbers in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, uh, business is down for sure, but they're holding on okay. But um, I don't know. It just kind of depends. Um I think the the demand is still there for people to play for sure. Yep. Because yep. um, I mean, I know people who just they're they're still going and playing, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it like next year could be different in the sense like, well, say it starts up halfway through the year. Do you have a Stern Pro Circuit? Do you have something every single weekend or? Uh, you see, that's what I'm curious of. I The way that I see it, I figured, why not? If people are going to schedule the tournaments, like, let's just play. I mean, they have the world. Oh. Like, people show up to show up, you know? I, I know for me personally, I am going to... I will go to so many tournaments, it'll make Bowden blush. I'm going to everything. <laughs> everything. I don't care. If you have a five-person strikes tournament in Wyoming, I will be there. I, I just want to uh... play. Wyoming state champ next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know who it was this year, but I'm sure someone was. I don't know. Are they one, one of the states, of the states that, that didn't have They anybody. might be one of the states. I might have a shot. I might have a shot. I don't know. All there right, Bob. Well, I appreciate you stopping in today, and we'll, uh, we're going to have to do this again because we still got a ton more stories to get to for yeah. sure. All, All right, right, brother. Well, it was good being on.